Welcome to Let's Talk with Andy and Kath Taylor, a podcast from LL Ministries. And today we are going to be talking about how the supernatural impacts our lives. Our everyday lives. Fantastic. And we are not alone. We have got Peter Bracar, who is a good friend of ours. He's on the executive leadership. He is the director of LL up in Scotland. And we thought Peter has got a lot of experience of praying for people as well. And uh, we thought he'd be a great guy to come and join us today. Peter's married to Liz, who is American. They've got three kids. And Peter is Dutch, so yeah. that's a great big what mix. What a combo that is. <laughs> so, Peter, hello, hello. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. That's great. Peter, We, we I've given a little bit of information about you, but how about you could just tell us three interesting, random things about yourself? Okay, yeah. Random is easy. If it's interesting or not, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, usually when people hear in Dutch, they ask me straight away, oh, were you that boy with the finger in the dike? <laughs> So let me rule that out. Uh, that wasn't me. Uh, it must have been somebody else. Um, uh, today I have my COVID vaccination. Maybe you find that interesting. Oh, very, <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling great. Grateful for that. Did you pass out? No, not at all. No. <laughs> not mentioning anybody, but people in our house pass out with yeah, uh, okay. vaccines. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I really, I enjoy being outside and just playing around a bit, really. Um, I think because our jobs are quite serious and helping people with with deep issues. So just to to be refreshed by playing outside is great. I love going in the water, surfing and that kind of thing. Uh, And recently I discovered I love climbing trees like I used to do when I was little. So now I take my kids out and just go up in the trees and and have some fun. Very good. And who gets to the top first, you or the kids? Yeah, unfortunately the kids got some less weight to haul around and a bit more (laughs) flexibility. So... (laughs) It's embarrassing, but yeah, they're better than me. Oh dear. Oh, well. So fantastic. So today we're talking about this issue of the supernatural in our everyday lives. And um, I guess it's just why. Why are we talking about it? Why Why this subject, Andy? Well, a number of months ago, I took a phone call actually from a journalist who was asking questions about deliverance ministry, which I probably normally actually, to be honest, wouldn't take the call, but I, for some reason, ended up on the phone with this person. And I, they were asking me, well, what is this whole thing about deliverance? What does that mean? And I just felt led to sort of start at the very beginning, really, which was, well, do we believe in God? You know, it's a very basic question. One which, you know, millions and millions and millions of people around the world believe in a God, at least. But to believe in God actually is supernatural. It's something you can't explain. It's bigger than your intellect. It's not scientifically proven. All these different things. There's a level of faith involved. And so then from that point, if you believe in God, then you believe in the supernatural. And if you believe in the supernatural, there could be good and bad supernatural. So I was trying to explain it this way, you know, that God is all good, but there's there's bad too, you know. And it was it was because of this conversation with this journalist, I thought, you know, it's really an important topic. This something which is there's a lot of confusion about, a lot of fear about. And um, so I thought this would be a great topic for one of our podcasts, which is why we're discussing it today. Yeah, because when you think about it, being a Christian, I mean, God is supernatural by nature, isn't he? I mean, you can't yeah. see him. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said it reminded me of um, something that happened to me years ago when I was working in a care service and uh, we used to go to people home and give them care at home. And um, I, I went with prayer, you know, I really felt to pray for this person who's gone to visit. 
And she opened the door, an older lady, and the very first words out of her mouth are, do you believe in the supernatural? I said, well, of course I do. I'm a Christian. So she shared her experiences with, with some really occult things, but then really gave the open door for me to share about the Lord because we have something in common. We both believe in supernatural things. So it's in a way, it's quite normal, isn't it, for a lot of people? Right, exactly. And even as Christians, you know, we uh, there's a lot of debate about this topic, isn't there? But if you look, even if you just look at the Bible, there are literally hundreds of references to angels or demons. And right at the very beginning in Genesis, you've got talk about Satan all the way through. You've got verses about us not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and unseen rulers. And you've got all kinds of references which are difficult in many ways. They're very difficult for us to really properly wrap our head around it because we are living in a physical world. I can describe a tree to you in great detail or, or the way the sound of the ocean with waves coming over a beach or whatever. But to, to, to fully describe the supernatural is very difficult for us, isn't it? And so I think that's where a lot of this confusion comes in and where a lot of fear actually comes in. Yeah, though I have noticed um, it's probably harder for those of us uh, that come from like a, a Western mindset, really. Uh, I'm obviously Dutch. Netherlands is very sort of materialistic in their approach to life, and UK is fairly similar, isn't it? But um, as I started to be involved in missions, I realized quickly that most cultures around the world, for them, it's very normal to to see supernatural things as everyday part of life, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, that's right. Well, as an example, uh, I remember when when I started to do my first mission work, I had this roommate from Nigeria. And he had all these stories about, you know, supernatural things happening. And mm. we walked down the streets of Amsterdam and he saw all the, these these uh, Buddhas and, and African masks for sale. And he was telling me about all these demons that were behind it. And for me, it was a whole new way of thinking. You know, I, I just thought it was just a mask. It's a piece of wood, you know, or a Buddha is just a little stone right. statue or whatever. But for him being from a, a different culture, it was very easy to see a connection between the natural world and the supernatural world. And for me, I had to really uh, open my mind to that, really, and go back to the Bible and see what the Bible has to say about that. Yeah. Don't you think that sometimes we, in normal, everyday life, we can kind of, I, I think I was like this before I, I came to Alal and understood a lot more really about how the the spiritual realm is but just thought that you know I don't know like this is a really maybe this is a bit terrible but people in far off countries well I'm sure they have more um spiritual things going on or the, the enemies operating in them or in their lives or people who've really 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 I don't know done really horrendous things maybe the enemy would have some hold in their lives but I think often there can be this this misunderstanding that if we're if we're Christians, if we love the Lord, if we've given our lives to Him, then somehow we're exempt from anything of the enemy or right. anything of darkness, or you know, we we sort of I think it's a common common belief that if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, then that the enemy can't influence my life, yeah, can't touch me. Yeah, I wonder if it touches into this idea of separating the spiritual and the physical, you know, which we do a lot in Western thinking, you know, this materialistic approach to life, right. where the spiritual is in one place somewhere far away and the, and the physical is right in front of you. You know, some people call it Greek thinking, what, I, what our mindset's really based on in the West. Mm. Whereas so the biblical picture, we could say the Hebraic, a biblical way of understanding, everything is much more intertwined, isn't it? <laughs> in yeah. a way, everyday life on earth, 
is very spiritual and spiritual things in a way are very practical. You know, it's much more together. Mm. I remember this from a book, I remember reading and a guy said, I have faith from the biblical faith is very earthy. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's just practical. It's deeply spiritual, but also deeply practical. It's intertwined. Yeah. So if it's intertwined, it would make sense that your your everyday actions have spiritual consequences that would just flow naturally out of that. Which is exactly how it was with Jesus. You know, yeah. we're we're all big fans, I know you are as well, Peter, of the chosen. And seeing it yeah. on screen really brings it to life. You see Jesus walking around in a pair of sandals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's he's going fishing or he's doing something very normal and everyday. And then the next moment he's healing somebody or there's changing the, the water into wine and somehow seeing it really brings it home. Like this yeah. isn't something that yeah. we can separate out in our lives. Yeah, no, I mean, fully agree. I love the, the chosen because we know you can't get more spiritual than Jesus, right? The most spiritual man that yeah. ever lived. Right. But he's so human as well, isn't he? Fully human with all the emotions, Take, like you say, taking the time to walk around, to chat, to catch some fish. Just so down to earth. Mm. So somehow that that's our aim, isn't it? And and we know he wasn't unspiritual because you know various stages he would identify Satan at work or cast out demons even you know or engage in the temptation with with the enemy. So it was very spiritual, but just just human. I think I mean that's it, isn't it? We we want obviously we want to be like Jesus. He's our what we look to. He's our mm. model. And I don't know about you, but I I find it hard sometimes. To, to find that balance myself. And I've met a lot of people who are one extreme or another. Right. And, 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 and to be honest, sometimes there's that extreme of the over-spiritual, which is re- I, find, I find really a difficult personality where, where everything is spiritual. Yeah, I remember once, because we've met some people in our time here that are completely spiritual and everything is spiritual warfare and it's, yeah. It's kind of exhausting, to be honest, to be around those kind of people. I remember asking my wife, why do people even want to be that way, you know? Mm. And uh, well, this goes to show I do listen to my wife sometimes. Remember about you, Andy? Sometimes, <laughs> oh, of, course, of course. Sometimes I forget, you know, she asked me to pick up the groceries or whatever. But this time I listened to her and, and she said, well, it's an easy way out, isn't it? If, if you spiritualize everything, you don't have to deal with everyday life. Yeah, that's you know? right. That's, it's just a cop out in a way. And that's not what God wants. He wants us to be spiritual. You have to be completely engaged in, in normal life. Yeah, it makes me think of that quote from um, the Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis that says, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialist or a magician with the same delight. It's a really powerful Mm. statement, actually, about these two kind of extremes, you know, on one side, almost kind of writing off anything supernatural or the enemy or Satan's power or anything like that. That's all gone and irrelevant. And on the other hand, there's this kind of obsession with it. And that's why I love what you shared about Jesus, Peter, because it's, he was just an ordinary man that just walked around hugely in touch with the, with the spiritual nature of his being and with supernatural power oozing out of him, really, but, but was grounded in normality. And I think yeah. that is the challenge for all of us, isn't it? That's where we want to get to. We don't want to be, you know, denying anything of the enemy on one side or obsessive and, and all that 
stuff on the other. We want to find this place of of healthy normality about being naturally supernatural. You know that we are spiritual beings. That there is God's power is at work in us. That there are there there is a spiritual realm and there is all this stuff going on that we don't need to be fearful of because we're in we're in Christ. But but to be aware of and it reminds me of the verse in um, two Corinthians two. 11 that says so that we would not be outwitted by satan for we are not ignorant of his designs so there's a there's an encouragement to me in that verse from paul there's an encouragement to to understand the reality of the enemy and how he operates without being obsessed with him do you know what i mean i think that's the that's the challenge isn't it for us all i think that sometimes people struggle to to even want to understand that there's a there's a spiritual realm and that the the enemy can have influence in our lives because because it it makes them fearful i think right. you know you've had there's a lot of things that sometimes we can grow up with of movies or you know you think of it if you mentioned anything about deliverance you sort of get this right. spooky music Ooh, yeah. yeah going on in the background and at least in the background of your head and and it is clever, really, of the enemy to to really just make it almost like it's something, I don't know, like a Disney baddie or something like that. It's something yeah. that isn't really real to my everyday life, but it but it is. Yeah, like you say, Kath, people can be fearful. Um, and I wonder if for some people we, we get a bit nervous of the supernatural or the spiritual because it's it feels a bit like out of our control. We can't fully understand it. Yeah. Right. Right. Particularly if you're a person that just lives by their what they can understand with their brain, with their mm. mind, you know, and then it feels a little bit out of control, and that's scary, isn't it? Yeah. If you can't rationalize it or look at it logically or put it put it in a box of where it begins and ends, it can be frightening, can't it? So yeah, I can see how it can just we can just live in it with it compartmentalized, really. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? When you cause when you say supernatural, straight away we, we tend to think of I don't know occult things or fortune tellers or whatever. Right. But really, the, the most supernatural thing in the world is the Lord Jesus, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, God is by definition supernatural. So if we if we start there, then it's no longer scary because our relationship with God is supernatural because we're talking to a God who sits in heaven that we can't see here. You know, in the Holy Spirit that's with us, that's a power, but we can't see Him. So our relationship with God, which is the most basic thing in life, really, is actually supernatural. Yeah. So that's quite normal, isn't it? And not so scary. Yeah. So, Andy, you, you mentioned this verse about, you know, not being ignorant that the enemy has schemes, really, to work against us. You know, so it really indicates that there is an active, <laughs> active part on, the, on, on the, the force of darkness, really, to work against us. And we got to think about how does that work? How, how can it affect us as Christians? So what do you think about that? Yeah, like how the enemy can gain influence in our lives. And, and for, exactly. yeah, and for a lot of people, can he even? Like I said earlier, you know, if, if we're born again, we're spirit filled. It's a big, big, big question for people. How can the, how can the Holy Spirit and anything of the enemy be in the same place? Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think that the enemy is playing the same game he's always played, which is to gain authority right from the beginning in the Garden of Eden, with the temptation of Adam and Eve. It was designed to gain authority, wasn't it? It was to have them submit to him, and and with Jesus in the temptations, it was all designed to gain authority. It was for to have Jesus submit to him, and 
he still would do the same for us. That's what he's ultimately trying to do for us, isn't it? To gain authority. Um, authority being the right to do something, the right to to use the power that he has within a certain context. So through the fall of mankind and and that submission to the enemy, you have you have Satan becoming the God and ruler of this world, actually. I mean that and even to the point where Jesus described him that way. And in our own individual lives, there's still that push for authority. And um yeah. Because Andy, you said, you know, you say that the enemy can gain authority or influence in our lives. So we have to question, well, how does that happen? Mm. You know, does it just right. jump on us? Yeah. Well, you can't just jump on us. But it's really, if we sin, we actually obey Satan instead of God, don't we? And uh, for me, a, a go-to verse to, to try to explain to people sometimes when, when they come to our sente is Second uh, Peter 1 verse 19, which says people are slaves to whatever they obey or to whatever has mastered them. Right. So if you sin, you know, people might say, I'm free to do whatever I want, but there's a consequence when you sin, you're actually obeying the enemy right. and he gains a measure of authority in your life. Um, so you keep talking about authority, but what, do, what does that mean? Like, what does that actually look like? Yeah. So, I mean, just to give a practical everyday illustration, if you think back about your school days, every school has a bully, doesn't it? Or at least one or two. <laughs> And, uh, we, was that you, Peter? Uh, no, the... that wasn't me. No, <laughs> I don't know I if you were confessing. Bully. No, <laughs> I never have been, Kath. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, you know, picture this bully corn cornering you on the way home, you know, and sort of giving you a shelf. And then you got that choice. Do you stand up to that? Or do you bow to that pressure? If you bow to that pressure, the next week he'll be waiting there for you again and saying, all right, give me your lunch money, you know, because he knows you're going <laughs> to obey him anyway, you know. And every week he'll push you a bit further to give up all your snacks or whatnot. And that's how I see the enemy. You know, if you give him a bit of ground in your life, he becomes a bully. And this is how you come in bondage. He'll try to push that level of influence in your life more and more and more. Mm. So it starts with sinning. And it's like you become entangled, really enslaved by him to some extent. Mm. That yeah. Does that make any sense? Yeah. So, and, the, and the Bible uses this word foothold too, isn't it? Like it, it gives the enemy an opportunity to kind of get some kind of traction in your life, some kind of grip. A bit like um, when Peter's climbing his tree, he's got to have a, a, good foot a foothold. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And it's a, like a gripping place. It's a, and, it's a, and that's the place of authority. So it's important that we, that we remind everybody listening, that it, you know, if you're listening to this at home, that, that this isn't anything to do with us being God's children. It doesn't affect us being God's children or being safe in him in that, in that sense of being part of his family but but even being part of his family we can give opportunity because we're not perfect yeah to yeah. the enemy and and th those words about giving the enemy a foothold they were written to believers you know don't mm. don't do this don't in that case in ephesians it's talking about the wrong use of anger giving this kind of gripping place to the enemy no but yeah. the the wonderful thing about that is that jesus can set us free. It's not just yeah. that he gets a foothold in right. our lives. Exactly. It's not just that he can gain access. And when then we sort of like lie on the floor, like, oh dear, oh well, you know, he's going to have foothold. Like actually Jesus came so we could be free. So he could, he can deliver us and set us free from these things. And that's the amazing truth. If the only truth was that the enemy can have power in our lives or authority in our lives, and that's a bit that's really depressing. The wonderful, amazing message is that he can set us free. Yeah. 
you know, the Lord is passionate about setting people free. In yeah. fact, Jesus said, I've come to set people free. Mm. People are free from what? Or from sin and from slavery to the enemy. And the Lord loves it. And I guess that is why we talk about it, isn't it? And that's because we love talking about the enemy, you know. Yeah. We'd rather talk about football or whatever. Yeah. But it's so exciting to see people who, who have been in bondage, perhaps for years or decades or all their life, yeah. to see them set free and genuinely healed. Is so exciting and such a joyful thing. Yeah. So it's worth unpacking, isn't it? The fact that, yes, the enemy can gain a hold of us. But, but then the yeah. great news is, this is the whole point. Jesus came to break that power and to set us free. And we can apply that power in our lives. Yeah. yeah. And that's such an important message, because I think one of the things that the enemy loves to tell us is that there is no freedom. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you're, you're in a kind of hopeless state. You'll never break free of this behavior or this sin or these this torment that you're suffering with whatever whatever the fruit of that is in your life that there's no freedom but Jesus is very clear I mean from the moment he started his ministry walking through Galilee or wherever he was I mean he encountered the enemy and the enemy was terrified I mean absolutely terrified and I think the enemy's always trying to make us terrified when really he's the one that's terrified mm. Because it, because the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us. The authority of Jesus' name has been entrusted to us to minister and to and to see freedom come into people's lives. And like you say, loads and loads and loads of people have found amazing freedom mm. um, in that way. So there's real hope in this message. You know, the, the danger of a, of a talk on this kind of topic is that you end up feeling like, oh, you know, this is this is scary and I don't understand it and ah. But this is, a, I mean, of all the messages, what a message of hope that, that Jesus, yes, he came and, and through the cross, he enabled us to be born again and brought into God's family. But there's more, you know, it's like one of those adverts. There's more. And, and he'll even set you free from the, the hold of the enemy and he'll, he'll deliver you and he'll bring peace where there's been turmoil and all those kind of things. That's the message. That's the one thing we want you guys listening to hold on to. Wow, Lord, you've you've paid the price you defeated the enemy and and i can i can know freedom well he said he said didn't he jesus said i came that we would have life and life in all its fullness and right. that doesn't just that doesn't just mean in the human it means in every part of us and it means free from from the enemy's hold in our lives so i think it's that balance of looking at where am i maybe letting the enemy have a foothold but i'm only looking at it because i'm going to deal with it and i'm going to invite the lord in and see his victory in my life yeah now i'm i'm sure there are there will be people listening that would say well yeah i understand all this but i'm a christian so surely the enemy can't really get a hold of my life because i'm i'm a i've been born again the holy spirit lives in me and and light and dark can't be in the same place the enemy can't be the same place the holy spirit Pedro, I wonder if you would tackle this just slightly small topic and question, <laughs> whether there's anything that you could add into that to, to sort of help people maybe understand that in a, in a new way that would be struggling with that question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something we come across a lot, isn't it? Because it is fairly common for people to say that kind of thing. And if you go back to scripture, it's very hard to find one Bible verse that says definitely Christians can have, you know, demons or be oppressed by the enemy or to say the opposite is definitely not possible. It's hard to find a scripture like that. Yeah. So, But then I always go back to Jesus set people free. He, he cast out demons and he taught his disciples to do the same and said this is part of the Great Commission when he sent them out. Uh, so how do we do that? You know, well, we really do it for people who 
who come back under the authority of Jesus. Mm. Uh, and that's the people we set free. And you know, most people that don't believe it's possible for Christians to have any form of oppression or whatever, <laughs> if we're really honest and unpick that, they tend to usually live in a bit of unreality because they, <laughs> they think they're invincible with some sort of Christian superhero. But a lot of times their life is a mess. And you have to wonder why is there a piece missing? And a lot of time, that the peace that's missing is actually being set free from the powers of darkness to, to have, really have the power of God operating in your life. Mm. So I do think it's important that we're, we're open about it, mm. and open, really in seeking and saying, Lord, could you please show me? Because mm. if you want me to be set free, and I'm not really aware of this, that I'm missing out on something good that you want to give me. And I don't want fear to hold me back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it's about relationship, isn't it? It's about God wanting this closer, closer, deeper relationship with us. And if there's things in our lives that are bringing that, that blockage or that hindrance, you know, I, I do believe the Lord wants blessing for us, but really he wants us, uh, us to grow in him and our roots to go deeper in him. So in, in my heart, it would always be, Lord, if there are things in the way that are blocking me from really digging deeper with you and knowing you more, you know, think of that, that Psalm that talks about who may ascend the hill of the Lord. Like we want to ascend that hill. We want to be close to him. We want to yeah. know what it is to live under his shelter. So if there are things in my life, then I, I want to look at them. Yeah. E even if, even if it can sometimes be costly. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice. I think it would be nice if the moment we became a Christian, gave our life to the Lord, were born again, that literally every issue in our life just fell away. Do you know what I mean? We were instantly healed. Uh, the way we thought was instantly purified. All our addictions went, our bad habits went, you know, it, we were instantly delivered of everything. I mean, our life would be completely transformed. But the truth is we were, we were born again, like the biggest miracle ever. We were taken out of death and we were put into life. We came out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of heaven. But then the Bible does talk about this process of sanctification, doesn't it? This ongoing day by day the Lord working in us and refining us and renewing our mind and all these kind of things and, and dealing with our carnality and sin that actually does live within us at the same time as the Holy Spirit living within us. So to me, this deliverance piece, you know, this dealing with the authority of the enemy in our life and finding freedom, which to me is just this amazing gift from God that we should all celebrate, I think. Wow, thank you, yeah. Lord. That, that this gift of freedom is just part of that process of sanctification, of being made more like Christ, of, of walking further away from darkness and into light. Yeah. And it's funny, you mentioned, you know, when you become a Christian, not all your physical problems disappear overnight, do they? You know? Right. <laughs> it's the same really with the spiritual problems. They, yes, we have the power now to be set free, but it doesn't all disappear overnight. We still have to apply those principles into our lives. Yeah. And uh, I just thought of a little, well, a story, a little memory I had when I was already a Christian. Um, I went on this mission trip to China because I thought I was going to live in China. Mm -hmm. uh, I ended up in Scotland. But anyway. <laughs> Similar. <laughs> yeah. not, not quite the same. <laughs> not quite the same. No, I got lost. Anyway, <laughs> and uh, on this mission trip, I made friends with a, a Buddhist guy. Very lovely, lovely guy, really. And as a token of a friendship, he gave me this bracelet with these beads, but I knew it was a prayer bracelet, but I didn't think too much of it. So I come, I go home and I wear this bracelet because we really had a connection, you know. And a few months later, I get all these pains in my arm, you know. 
And I thought, what's going on? And, and it's before I even knew anything about LL Ministries or Deliverance Ministry. And, and I really felt I should get rid of that bracelet. Mm. So I got rid of the bracelet and said, sorry to the Lord. And if I done anything wrong, mm. and could you please help me? And all the pain just disappeared, you know. <laughs> so for me, it was just a practical example how the enemy can use something that's that's not right, you know, because yeah. it was a very spiritual thing that he gave me, actually. Mm. Yeah. And somehow gained a bit of authority in our lives and how it can be easily broken when we do bring it to the Lord. And that's the other thing I want to say that, you know, sometimes people come to our centers, they think, oh, here come the LL experts to set me free, you know. Right. <laughs> but it's really about us coming to the Lord, isn't it? Yeah. yeah in that yeah. relationship saying, Lord, I'm really sorry if I did something wrong. I'm really sorry if there's anything between us or the enemy's got in between, you know. Would you cleanse me and set me free? And and the Lord does really respond to that. Yeah. I think it's really fascinating what you said about the bracelet, Peter, because because I think the danger is, is that we can hear something like that and then think, oh, right. So then every bracelet I got from any foreign country, I need to or get rid or of anyway. or yeah, anything that looks remotely. And that's where we can get out of balance, isn't it? Because... Because and that's where we step into fear. Like that that was such a real experience for you, and that was right. And it was the Lord prompting you with his Holy Spirit, there's something not right about this. This isn't right for you, this isn't good for you, this is this is something you've got to deal with. And for me, I feel really passionately about this because there are areas of our lives that are sin and are just black and need to be dealt with. Like there are non-negotiables. And then to me, there are a lot of things as I've journeyed through my life and bringing the kids up and everything that are what I'd call a little bit more grey. And it really comes down to, Lord, is this right? Is this, I want to walk, will you show me when I hear that, that prompting that you had about the bracelet, that niggle you had, that voice, you listened to it and you acted on it. And as long as we're in that place with the Lord, that we're listening to him and we're, um, soft-hearted to him, he will show us the things that aren't right in our lives. I don't think we just have to blanket, become fearful. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it is that, that is a balance, isn't it? Because we do sometimes go from one extreme to the other. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you're right. Some things are completely wrong for everybody, right? Mm. They're in the Bible. You yeah. shouldn't lie to each other. Don't cheat on your wife or, you know, yeah. don't go to a fortune teller. I mean, you can't get around these things. Just can't do it yeah, if you do it absolutely. you're in muddy waters yeah but some things aren't that clear and uh for me an area personally is music you know when i wasn't right. walking with the lord i listened to so much real dodgy music you know that that i think some of it's very clear no christian should ever listen to really yeah but where i'm at now is that i really enjoy lots of non-christian music that's that's more neutral really you know yeah. Yeah. some people say well i'm not so sure about it uh, and for me, it comes down to that that honest walk with the Lord, where you do trust Him. Yeah. You know, where you say, "Look, I don't want to do anything wrong. If you don't want this, I don't want it either." Mm-hmm. And sometimes I listen to something, and the Lord just convicts me that that's not right for you. Yeah. Then I- you do have to commit to that. Say, "Okay, Lord, I'll, I'll listen to you. You know better than I do, and I'll I'll, I'll get rid of it." You know. Yeah, yeah. But- I love I love that, Peter, because I feel like it's so easy to become obsessive with it. So I double guess the type of toothpaste I buy, or. <laughs> You know, there's a spiritual warfare over what I'm going to wear today, or, and and I think that just that simple that simple childlike trust of, uh, and I, and you've nailed it really because you've said it's really coming from the heart, isn't it? It's like if in my heart 
Lord, I don't want to offend you. I think that's the word. You know, a, a good prayer would be, Lord, is there anything in my life that's offensive to you? Is there anything that I'm listening to that's offensive to you? And 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 then just trust that the Lord will show you those mm-hmm. things. Yeah. We haven't got to obsess over it because sometimes it, it feels sometimes that when these things become overly obsessive, like all we think about is what's the enemy doing now? What's he doing now? Is he going to mm-hmm. get me? And Actually, we're not in freedom. That's not yeah. freedom, is it? That doesn't Absolutely. feel like an abundant life to me. That feels like I'm obsessed with yeah. the enemy, which is the last thing I should be obsessed yeah. about. My focus should be on the Lord, not mm. the enemy. Yeah, and, it's uh, funny because... Yeah, go on. Well, I just because Kath mentioned the kids, and you know, we got three kids too. And you know, in, in school these days, they do a lot of relaxation techniques and whatnot mm. that comes out of Eastern mystery religions that... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't feel I write for Christians. So sometimes we're a bit worried for our kids to be honest what they're all up to at school. Yeah. But then they come back and remember when the boys they were very little and they said, Oh yeah, the the teachers they, they helped us with this relaxation and this breathing techniques and yoga and I thought, mm-hmm. Oh no. You know, but they mm-hmm. said, Yeah, we just didn't do it. And the teachers asked me why not. So I just don't feel like doing it. Yeah. And <laughs> like these little five, six year old boys, and clearly the Lord protected them from something yeah. that wasn't that was dodgy and we didn't have to preach them or anything. It was just the Lord within them guiding them really to stay safe. It was brilliant. Yeah. I I love that because in Psalm 23, it talks about how we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I think, well, then we've got to walk through it. Like, and that to me, I was the same Peter, you know, when the kids were going to school and there's all sorts of influences and everything else, it's, it, it can be frightening, but, Actually, we have to trust that the Lord's with with them, he's with us. And actually being afraid isn't the answer. It really is just just saying, Lord, guide me, guide my steps, guide the family steps. And I don't think it's for us to be te- having to be in a place where we think we've got to tell everybody else what to do. You know, what's been right for our family, the movies we've we've watched that we felt okay with or the the things that we've let them read, that that's okay for us in our relationship with the Lord before him. But that doesn't mean that, and things that we've, we've, we've protected the kid from, we felt like actually that isn't right, that it doesn't then become our burden to have to go around telling everybody else, people who have watched things that we wouldn't have let our kids watch, we don't have to preach to them or tell them they're wrong or bad or that they're, they're opening their kids up to the enemy or anything like that. That isn't our responsibility. I, I do think we want to be a people who release each other to, to listen to the Lord ourselves. And I think that comes, that comes down to what is the motivation here? Like what's the motivation of the heart in all that we've been talking about? We're really saying that that the motivation here is to be right with the Lord, isn't it? it? We want to be in good relationship with him. Yeah, I mean, our motivation is our love for the Lord and, and, and our rightful fear of him. Mm. But there's something personally healthy about it as well, isn't there? You just don't want to take anything in that's bad for you. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I use the example, uh, I like to collect mushrooms, right, and make soup out of them or whatever. And I'm just so careful not to take a poisonous mushroom because I don't want to put that in my body and become really ill or, or right. die even, mm. you know? Yeah. Just wisdom, so yeah. Yeah, right? I don't want to poison my body, so why would I want to poison my spirit, really? Mm. <laughs> I want to be so careful not to take anything in that's going to harm me in the long run. So you do want to be discerning, but without being afraid. Yeah, yeah that's great. That That sums it up, really, doesn't it? So just practically, what a practical steps that we can we can encourage anybody listening 
to this? What would the, the practical steps be? Yeah, you're right, Kat. We do need to be practical, you know. And first of all, I would say if you read the Bible and you come across something that we shouldn't do, that you are doing, you got to stop it, right? Because right. <laughs> the Bible yeah. is pretty not negotiable about a lot of stuff. Mm. But, you know, a lot of everyday things like movies, you know, that aren't, there's no list in the Bible that says which movie is right or which movie is wrong or activities, you know, maybe yoga or martial arts and things like that. Really, we got to come to the Lord and say, is there anything in my life that you know isn't right for me? Mm. You know, that you know might possibly be defiling or bring me in bondage. You know, could you please show me? And I find that's a real, if we pray it from my heart, the Lord will respond and he will show us, you know, whether it's activities we need to stop or whether it's things we own we should get rid of, whatever it is, you know, we, we things we have done that we have to bring to him. And then when he, when he does show us, when he does bring it to mind, we just bring it back to him, you know, like with any sin. We say, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Would you forgive me? But then beyond the forgiveness, I, I, I'd be praying for cleansing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, Lord, if this spirit had, spirit had defiled me, mm. would you cleanse me? Well, he will do that because we, we're asking something he really wants to do. Mm. And then we can take that authority and say, Lord, I am your child. And I just break any power the enemy has had over me through this in Jesus' name. Yeah. And we can't we just can't forget the power of the name of Jesus. That's it. It's so great, isn't it? It, it really is the greatest power in this world. That's yeah. it. You know? Satan himself cannot stand against it. So you don't have to worry, oh, this is too big a problem or too big a bondage or whatever. At the name of Jesus, everything must bow. So when yeah. we use it, you know, all of God's authority is behind that if we are a child of God. Yeah. yeah so we can't forget that, that brilliant news that we do have that victory when we come to God and make things right with him. Yeah. And what I love about what you've just shared, Peter, is that you've really just described basic discipleship stuff, haven't you? Like, I think sometimes we feel like, unless we're like experts, like you mentioned earlier, unless we're you're like experts in this area, then you've got no chance of finding freedom. And so you've got to scour the world looking for people who are experts. They can do, they, they can find freedom for you, you know, or pray the right prayer and all that stuff. But really what you've described is discipleship. It's, it's confession of sin and repentance and forgiveness and a desire to be right with the Lord and, and, and in faith and boldness and courage using the name of Jesus and saying, not as a, not as a magic spell, you know, but the, it, the name of Jesus is, the weight of who he is, you know, and the power of who he is. It's, it's, it's calling on him and his power to work and, and to deliver us. And, and, and that's available to all of us. I mean, that's, that's the good news of this is that, you know, for all of us, in, for us in, who are speaking on this podcast, for everybody listening, there's freedom to be had. And I think there should be that expectation, Lord, we expect that mm. you're going to bring freedom. And that you, you're going to even use us to help bring freedom to others, that the power of the cross and the fact that the enemies have been defeated is, is so significant and such a big part of, of our lives as Christians and what we need to move forward. And um, just to close with, I, I just wanted to encourage everybody listening with this scripture from just this one verse from 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 11. And it just says this, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven 
and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. And what, wow. what great words they are. You know, I mean, talk about putting it all in perspective mm. when the enemy puffs himself up and makes himself seem huge and, and you know, for, unable to, for us, unable to find any kind of freedom from him. Here comes the Lord saying, I'm the one. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no comparison between me and the enemy. I'm far, far, far above. Every knee will bow. I mean, this is, this, hopefully this will stir some fight in us, stir some faith in us. The uh, good news. Yeah, the good news. Well, um, Peter, I wonder if you would close for us with a word of prayer. Is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, Father in heaven, we want to say thank you that we belong to you and thank you that we're your kids, Lord. And we can just come to you and receive from you whatever is in your heart through the name of Jesus. And Lord, maybe some of us, you know, have lived our lives without really acknowledging spiritual realities. Or maybe we've just lived in fear, Lord, or, or ignorance, whatever. We want to say, we'd like to have your view of life. Mm. We don't want to go super spiritual, make everything some spiritual battle, but we, we do want that freedom that you have to offer. So, Lord, we, we thank you that Jesus died on the cross for our freedom, that whatever it is that might hold us in bondage, we can come to you. Mm. And we do just want to say together, Lord, if there's anything in our lives you want to point out that's not right and that's brought us into bondage, would you show us, Lord? Because our heart is to be right with you. Our heart is to love you. Our heart is to be close to you. Mm. So we just invite you to show us, Lord. And we trust that you will lead us on that path to freedom. Thank you for the beautiful word that, that Kath shared, that Jesus has come to give us life and, and life abundantly. Mm. And we don't want to say no to that. We want to say, yes, that's what we want, Lord. Mm. Thank you so much for giving that to us. Mm. And even now, as we're listening, would you, would you fill us with your spirit? Yes. Would you fill us with that confidence, Lord, that, that we have the, the power of the name of Jesus at our disposal, that we don't have to be afraid. Thank you, Father. And we pray everything in the name of Jesus. Mm. Amen. 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 Oh, Peter, it was brilliant having you with us. Absolutely. Absolutely brilliant. You can uh, go climb a tree now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) See if you can beat the kids. Well, it's it's been hailing today, so I may have to pull it off to another day. (laughs) You need some new footholds in those uh, trees. So, well, thank you. Thank you, Peter. And thank you guys for listening and joining with us. We, We enjoy sharing with you and we will see you again soon. Thanks for joining us for Let's Talk with Andy and Kath Taylor, a podcast from LL Ministries. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review or by contacting us at hello at ll.org or through Facebook. You can subscribe and share these episodes through Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And we also have other excellent resources online at ll.org, which we hope you will enjoy. Thanks again for listening.